three, two, one, zero, record. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Passion Project Podcast. Today I have Chris Winston of Winston Woodworking with me. Uh, you want to give a quick introduction uh, about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure thing. My name's Chris. I uh, live in Portland, Oregon. I'm a Tucson, Arizona native. I was in the Army from 2004 to 2009. I moved out to Portland in 2009 when I got out. Uh, I've been working up at a medical facility here in the area since uh, about 2011. Mm-hmm. And recently I uh, decided to start uh, a small woodworking business here, Winston Woodworking. Um, started off as a little hobby on the yeah. side and uh, yeah, just something I have a, a passion for and enjoy doing and seeing where it'll take me. Yeah. Uh, we have another special guest also, uh, Gooner, who is uh, Chris's dog. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the shop dog here, old English sheep, sheep dog named Gooner. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend visiting his Instagram and seeing photos <laughs> of Gooner. <laughs> Great dog. So questions about how you, how you started your woodworking. Um, I'm kind of interested because uh, I'm a little bit of a hobbyist woodworker as well. And I had no history, like as a, as a young person or my parents or anything. None of them did any woodworking. How about you? Did you have a history? Did your parents do anything like that? Your father maybe, grandfather? Or is it something that's just new? Because I see that as a trend. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's kind of interesting growing up. I don't really recall ever doing a whole lot of building of things. Uh, I'd say, you know, I probably always had a, a bit of an eye for art. You know, okay. and drawing, sketching, stuff like that. But it wasn't until probably, I'd say, around that time of getting out of the military, 2010, 2011, where I started finding myself, you know, trying to build more things. And yeah. it started off with little projects around the house and uh, just little little projects that, you know, kind of came to where I am now. Mm-hmm. I definitely say I'm still, a, you know, very amateur woodworker, still learning yeah. a ton. Um, but everything up to this point has been self-taught through social media. That's been my, my core education is mm-hmm. uh, following guys online. I was going to ask you about that with content creation because you do a lot of Instagram, I see. You post almost everything you're doing in progress and the final, you know, the final results and stuff like that. Did you ever think of maybe going into something like content creation instead of just like the stills? But doing things like maybe short videos, uh, instructional things, because I see that as a really big market nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mixed feelings on it, you know. There's yeah. there's guys, you know, uh, on YouTube that create beautiful videos that are just awesome. They're they're easy to watch. You know, yeah. they they put a lot of time and effort into them, and and it's it's great. I think that's a bit bit much bit more than I'd like to take on at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have done a lot of like hyperlapsed videos on my Instagram yeah. and I always get good feedback on, on those videos. I think people enjoy kind of seeing a project, you know, start to finish or it's, it's neat to see in two minutes what it takes you two hours to do in the shop and, and to see what comes of that. Yeah, definitely. I, I think at least those hyperlapsed videos, stuff like that is a, a, a great way to let people see what you're doing and, you know, provide some tips Yeah, and uh, maybe do some We'll see, maybe instructional type short videos down the road. Yeah. Um, so about uh, your business side, um, you sell on Etsy, right? Yep. Yeah, I have a, an Etsy page where I started not too long ago, about six months ago. So okay. I've kind of discovered a, a, a whole world here in the last year. I, I didn't have an Instagram and wasn't really familiar with it oh, wow. prior to starting the, the woodworking stuff. Yeah. And uh, it didn't take long to, to realize that getting on et- on Instagram and seeing you know, that you can focus your attention and your page and your audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was just a great way to just say, okay, let's dedicate this to a woodworking Instagram page. 
mm-hmm. just post that, just let people see that. And, uh, likewise, you know, for the most part, all I follow on my Instagram is other woodworkers and people of common interest. If Etsy is new to you, when you started woodworking, what did you start on? Or was it just a hobby, not a business? Yeah, it was definitely very hobby based and, and still is very hobby based. Okay. Um, you know, most things that I make, I'm, I'm making for myself or friends. Yeah. I'm feeling out the market using Etsy mm-hmm. to see what, what the demand is. You know, it's, yeah. it's very interesting to, to put different things out there and see what people want. So I think that that's really how amusing that, you know, social media in general is sure. to kind of feel out the, the market and see what, what I can make that's efficient, that's worthwhile and, and the demand from the public and, you know, people on Etsy or elsewhere to see uh, what they want. Yeah. I'm interested in in the woodworking aspect, like starting out as a hobbyist. What were the tools that you started out with? Like, what was what are the some things that you think are essential for a hobbyist? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of good a lot of good YouTube videos on that kind of stuff. You yeah. know, you can start as basic as having a a handsaw and some hand tools, and you yeah. know, and doing it on the the back deck of a, of an apartment. You know, you don't really necessarily need a lot a lot of space. But you know, as you move up, you get into bigger power tools, and you move into like a big table saw to really start cutting stuff down, or a chop saw, miter saw, things of that sort to start taking larger lumber and taking it down to size mm-hmm. to give you more options on uh, what you can make. I mean, I personally work in uh, in a university shop, yeah. so. We have all the machinery, like every single machine, and going back home and and trying to work on things with the basics is very hard to go back. Yeah, absolutely. Once you acquire something like a table saw or a joiner, right? Um, so it's just it's interesting. It's almost like a, you know a little bit of a, a handicap to be given everything at first and then and then have to scale back yeah yeah Yeah. it goes uh both ways i mean there's a lot of we've got some community shops in portland and it's cool you know if if you don't know if you're curious about the hobby and you don't know if you want to get into it or not Mm -hmm. you can check out these community spaces and uh you know play in them ask around talk to people um i think that was maybe a jimmy deresta video he said go to your local you know lumber yard or go to that local wood shop and ask questions talk to people yeah. And uh, it's ama- amazing what you'll what you'll pick up and what you'll learn. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge opportunity. Whether you know if you don't have the space or the means to buy some of this larger equipment, to get in there and, and try it out mm-hmm. and and see what you use. You know, I've, I think I've definitely bought tools that I thought I needed and realized after I got them that there, there's other ways to work yeah. around it. And uh, again, on YouTube, you can find a way to do just about anything with yeah. any particular tool that you might have on hand. I mean, since we're circling back to YouTube and we just mentioned Jimmy Dresta, yeah. might as well, you know, go back to our previous conversation on, on the content creation yeah. and uh, some of the content creators that, you know, give out these educational, you know, educational videos. You gave me some names. Want to mention it for the audience? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, it probably started back with the Wood Whisperer. I know he's got a huge following these days. Oh, yeah. His good buddy, Matt Cremona, mm-hmm. they go back and forth and do a, do a lot little shout out to Matt there. That's one guy that's got a huge following and I've asked him questions and stuff on social media and he's been uh, kind enough to take, you know, a quick moment to wow. write back and kind of yeah. point me in the right direction. So super cool of him to do that, you know, for someone, you know, as small as myself and just starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys have been great. Uh, Four Eyes, I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, Four Eyes. But Fletcher, his, yeah. His, uh, yeah, his productions are just Beautiful. awesome. I mean, yeah. you can sit, you can 
sit and watch those and fall asleep. They're just so well done. I mean, yeah. not not due to lack of interest, yeah, no, but they're, no. they're beautiful to just, watch. But yeah, everything I've everything I've learned up to this point has been through social media, through YouTube mm-hmm. primarily, and uh, just watching, writing down tips, and and going from there. Yeah. So you want to talk about some of the recent things you've worked on? Yeah, yeah. Um, I found a kind of a recent niche, and I'd almost say like a, a vintage, almost a '70s kind of feel of uh, picture frames. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made quite a few picture frames over the last year or two, and uh, it, it's an interesting market. Because because unless you you have something that you know you want put into a nice hardwood frame, yeah, it's hard to justify spending any money on a, on a decent frame. You know, when you're making a hardwood frame out of several kinds of hardwoods, you know, plus your acrylic or your glass, plus matting to go around a picture, plus a, an appropriate backing and hardware, there's this list of things that add up really quickly. And even, you know, at cost, it'll cost you twice as much as it would cost to go up to, you know, Michael's or Joann's and use a 50% coupon on a, a cheap little frame that, that might get the job done for some people. I enjoy providing something to people that they can put, you know, a special moment in and kind of enclose that in something. But with that, I've also seen, you know, I, you can't just make a standard picture frame. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just go with a a plain square frame, you have to give it something special. Um, and some of the ones I've done recently are kind of abstract and uh, have kind of angled corners. Uh, you'd have to check the, the Instagram to get yeah. a good feel for it. But they they also kind of have a little bit of a vintage feel, which is kind of funky. And I would say, you know, uh, um, people are attracted to that kind of uh, funky vintage look. So yeah. I, I really like the last frame you put up on Instagram, the... So it's a very unconventional frame. I don't think I've seen anything like it. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. That's what I'm talking about. And I've done a, a, a mirror like that as well. Okay. Um, and I'm also toying with the idea of, you know, finding prints online or maybe finding a local artist and finding, you know, someone that has a line of items that they'd like to put into that, that style of frame. Yeah. Um, Is that a style you came up with based on, you know... Just you know, actually, I, I had seen a similar frame in a frame store yeah. um, just outside of Portland here, and it was hanging in their display. And uh, I passed it on the way to, to work on the bus one day, and I saw it in there. And I thought, man, that's got, you know, that's a cool cool vibe, a cool yeah. feel. And uh, I just kind of took the idea and ran with it. And I, I still, this was probably a couple months ago. To this day, I haven't gone and, and inspected that frame, but I'm yeah. kind of itching to go see how that person made it. You know, okay. it's like, how, how did they joint these pieces? And it would be interesting to talk to someone who's who's made this, because even on YouTube, I haven't seen any of these frames being built. Yeah. And uh, I've kind of come up with a, a way to, to create them and uh, would be curious to bounce the ideas off someone else to see if they're creating them in the same fashion if i'm making it yeah harder or less hard um, i mean than they're than they're being made just out of curiosity i mean this may be hard to visualize for anyone listening but uh, do you miter the corners is that how you put them together yep so so they're definitely so you have 45 degree miters yeah but one miter will be say two and a half inches and that tapers down to about a one inch yeah. uh miter so it, you know, when you think about it, it's like, okay, this this should be pretty simple. I'm just going to, you know, taper these cuts and do 45-degree cuts on them. Uh-huh. Um, but it ended up being quite a bit more complicated to come up with a two-inch piece with a 45-degree miter down to a one-inch, you know, corner with that uh, an opposing 45-degree miter. Yeah. And then, you know, basically making two L's and hoping that the whole thing comes together when uh, it's time to, to join it up. 
Um, but yeah, 45 degree miters, and it's a, they're a tapered, you know, uh, size from one end to the other. And typically, I think I did about two and a half inches down to an inch, so you yeah. get kind of an oblong. Yeah, um, big it's, and small. It's a very corner. funky look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to give uh, Goon his toy? Yeah, I think Goon here is thinking about playing. <laughs> Good thing this doesn't have a squeaker. Hey, we're on, we're on the radio, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, what kind of species do you use, or like, well, what's your go-to, maybe? Oh boy, um, at this point, and it's probably a very amateur woodworking answer to say, uh, you know, walnut and maple are, are kind of a, a yeah. staple. I think the first time you make something with walnut and maple, yeah. you know, you kind of awe yourself, and it's it's pretty impressive to see the the contrast of a dark brown and that light. Um, almost yellowish golden maple. Yeah. Um, I've worked with some varieties of curly maple that just have, you know, this crazy wavy, almost, you know, look like liquid. Yeah. Um, those have been great. I've also done some work, uh, with, it was a, a Oregon coast, uh, myrtle wood. Myrtle. And I think that's, that's what that, uh, that kind of funky frame I did was from, uh, uh, a mill down in Bandon, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been super fun to work with. Uh, there's a couple places in Portland. So I, I'd probably been doing a fair amount of woodworking and tinkering in the shop for several years before I went down uh, to Crosscuts Hardwoods, and yeah. it's in northwest Portland. And uh, it just blew me away. You know, you go in there, and there's every hardwood that you can think of, mm-hmm. you know, from half-inch to two-inch thick pieces. And uh, it was just really cool to go through and see all the different species. Um, another one of my favorites is Sapele, which is uh, almost a, a variety of mahogany. I, I think mm-hmm. people wouldn't like hearing that it, you know, it's not it's not a mahogany, but yeah. similar to. And uh, another beautiful dark wood, one of my favorites. I'm working on a frame now that's primary Sapele, mm-hmm. and it, it smells fantastic. If you cut it, yeah. it just it smells so good. That's another reason. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Actually, I'd probably say I prefer working with that even more than than walnut and yeah. uh, maple, just because it's the pleasure of working with it and smelling it is yeah. is nice. Some some very nerdy uh, woodworker talk, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so so back to the more general, I guess, like the business things, the passion project type uh, yeah. things. Um, so. When you got into the business, um, how how did you first, you know, how do you go about it uh, for, for someone who's trying to get into it? Yeah, uh, that's, you know, I'm definitely still figuring all that out. Yeah. Um, and I kind of... But you took the first steps and I that's took, what counts. Right. Yeah. I took took a chance, kind of kind of threw it out there to see what was going to happen. And uh, really, my intention is for this first year to be kind of a trial year to see how it all, how it all works. Um, I did some research, watched some YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, it really was about as simple as a, you know, filling out an online application, sending mm-hmm. in a small fee, um, checking in with the state, and uh, next thing you know, you got you've got a certificate that says that you're a, a business owner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely have a lot to learn, and and I'm trying not to rush it. Just kind of seeing how this first year will go, mm-hmm. um, nice and slow, and see see what comes of it. Yeah. So, uh, do you recommend that if someone if someone is going into the business that they get themselves, you know, a official, you know, business um, license? Yeah, it's you know, it's it's interesting, and it it's still something I'm trying to officially figure out. You know, if if going this route was necessary or not. Um, I'd 
started making some ornaments uh, yeah. a couple months ago and and had a really strong demand for them. I, I got to feel you know what what it felt like for the public to say, hey, we like these, we want these, and they were simple to make and quick to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but within 24 hours of starting to make these, this particular logo I found out had a, a copyright on it. Um, so that was kind of an eye-opening moment for me. I said, oh, man, you know, these guys were super cool and said, you know, no worries. You just can't produce any more of these and make a profit on them. Yeah. And uh, they were great to work with, um, but it also made me realize, you know, I, I need to be careful. And I guess that would be my advice for anyone is that, you know, a simple design could be copyrighted. And, you know, we're just all trying to... Yeah, trying if the to, company isn't so nice, then, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last thing I want to do is find myself in court and someone, you know, after my table saw because they're <laughs> trying to take my money. So, yeah, yeah. if there's ever any, you know, feeling that you might need to have some sort of protection, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the biggest benefit of having an LLC is, um, you know, it's a, a form of protection for yourself Yeah. Um, to keep everything everything safe. Yeah. On, on protection, um, how about, you know, shop safety? I know I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos on, on, you know, woodworking and stuff like that. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, amateur woodworkers that y- you can watch what they do and you would be amazed at their non, you know, right. non-compliance with any sort of safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, so h- how do you keep yourself safe, safe in the shop and, you know, around the machines? Yeah, that's definitely something that I've had to... Uh kind of take upon myself you know to, to realize the risk of what I'm doing because I've never really been formally taught or you know taught in a shop where there's an instructor to say hey you know this is this is the standard early on uh, I had a, a smaller uh, cheap it was probably a, a delta table saw or something um, and it was just a little contractor table saw and I was cutting a small piece of oak a little square panel that I think I was making a box out of yeah and uh, you know, it was kind of late on the afternoon on a Sunday and I was pushing this little piece of oak through and in the blink of an eye, uh, it kicked that piece of oak back, you know, the saw blade yanked it up, frisbeed it right back into my gut. And, uh, it was a blink of an eye. I didn't see it coming. I had no idea. And that was just a a huge eye opener to how quick something like that can happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, immediately after I started watching videos on, you know, just, general safety, what you can do, why that happened, how to prevent it. There's actually, there's a, a video of an old school woodworker and he, he's trying to replicate kickback and he almost, you know, cuts his fingers off uh, in the process of demonstrating what not to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he admits to himself that he's, he's doing something crazy and silly and not for anyone to try this. But it was about that point too, when I saw saw stop saws, you know, being used mm-hmm. by people across the board and uh, started doing some research and you know, recently, kind of made that as a an investment to to my shop and to my safety and to my fingers. I know it's yeah. definitely the the heart of my shop and the tool that's used the most. And uh, it, it was a no brainer to you know make yeah. the investment and get a, a saw stop saw and not have to worry about that. Yeah, not worry about your fingers. Yeah. yeah, a few more dollars or fingers. Right. Yeah. Um, I also see that you have, you know, a, a micro jig, you know, clamp. And, and so, so so you've got safety, I think, pretty much good in, in your shop. Yeah, 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 definitely. Micro jig offers a ton of safety stuff. Yeah. Uh, Incra, you know, they've got good little hold downs. 
even having the soft stop and for, uh, you know some of the listeners might not know what a soft stop is soft stop is is the brand of a, a table saw yeah but it's got a uh, technology in it that will sense if it touches flesh and it'll retract the blade um, it'll typically trash the the blade and it's about a fifty dollar cartridge that's destroyed within the saw mm-hmm. um, but you know for under a hundred dollars you've prevented a, a significant injury on top of them having a, a you know this huge safety feature they're, they're a rock solid table saw in general i yeah. think if they didn't have that technology it would still be a top competitor you know as far as a good quality table saw yeah um so yeah definitely again with social media and youtube seeing what other people are using and and using the precautions yeah um that some of the big names use and it's always good you know if you see any um any independents out there or you know small timers and you see them do anything that's questionable, you know, try not to do it yourself. Right. You know, the, there's there's people out there like, you know, the Wood Whisperer and Matt Cremona and the rest that, you know, will show you the, the, the safer way to do it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so back to the, you know, the Etsy business um, and you're doing frames now. Uh, what other than frames are you doing or or what do you plan to do? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So, again, I'm, I'm kind of using Etsy to feel out what what's going to work. I've got a couple frames up right now. Um, I've gotten some small like wood beads and done like little wood uh, bracelets. Um, Over the holidays, I didn't put these on Etsy, but for family and friends, I made some cutting boards. Um, So I'm kind of working on on stocking the Etsy page with those kind of things. And, uh, you know, really just kind of feel out what what people want, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's hardwood picture frames or cutting boards. Or drink coasters, you know, you can do uh, maple and walnut, you know, coasters for your your bar at home. Um, I've tried those little bracelets. I've done various little like kind of wood ornaments, custom ornaments. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm not I'm not too set on one thing or another right now. I just am kind of feeling out uh, the public and see what 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 bites. And yeah. uh, when I find something like that that works and is successful, I I steer my attention that way and and move forward with that. Um, you know, it's definitely a, a side business. It's not my full-time job. It's, yeah. I, I don't intend on making it something that, you know, I'm forced to do. Yeah, it's always good to keep it fun. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the moment, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you go professional or whatever. Right. Sometimes, you know, people suck the fun out of that. Right. It's good to keep it, you know, in, in a, a hobby phase, maybe make some money, you know, with, with an Etsy page and selling yeah. things and all that. But, you yeah. know, keep it fun. I think Etsy was a way for me to kind of keep it fun as well so I could yeah. I could make what I wanted to make and then put it on my Etsy page. Yeah. Um I did a lot of uh wood American flags. I've got a couple behind you there. Oh yeah. And uh those were really popular, you know, just uh, amongst my Facebook friends. Okay. Um I'd make these and you know, people were all over these kind of rustic looking American flags. Yeah. But as I started taking requests for them, mm-hmm. I think it was last summer I started saying, "Hey, you know, who wants one?" shoot me a, an IM or something if you're interested. Yeah. And before you knew it, you know, I had a list of 10 or 15, but it was becoming too much to keep up with. Yeah. And it's like, man, you know, after, you know, so many weekends of just trying to crank those out and it's the same thing over and over again, I kind of stepped back and said, you know, I'm going to make, I'll make a couple of these and I'll post them for sale yeah. and first come first serve. And then, you know, you don't have that huge list. So again, I guess it's kind of a balance, you know, yeah. I, there's, I guess, potentially an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time with that, you know, do you lose the pleasure of, you know, your hobby 
because yeah. you're, you're focusing on just doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. So with Etsy, you know, I, I make some frames, I make some cutting boards, make kind of what I'm feeling like making, yeah. post them on there and so uh, yeah, go with that. Yeah. So anything you want to, you want to, you know, plug for the podcast, uh, your Instagram account, your Etsy, anything else that you're on? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think, you know, my Instagram is where I try to keep everything up to date. You know, mm-hmm. all my projects that I'm working on, I, I try to post those hyperlapse videos or working through the prog- progress of projects. That's Winston Woodworking on Instagram. There's a link to my Etsy page on there. I think it's Etsy slash shop slash Winston Woodworking as well. Yeah, cool to check out. If anyone out there has ideas or recommendations or a- advice on you know what direction you know they went or uh, directions that I should focus my attention, I'm, I'm all ears and definitely learning and looking yeah. forward to seeing where it goes. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I know it was a little last minute, uh, yeah, no but I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was good chatting and look forward to chatting down the road if something else pops up. Yeah, um, I'll have a quick write-up for anyone who wants to check out any of the photos or anything we talked about, any of the YouTube accounts. I'll have links to them uh, on the website, and you can always find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Passion Project Podcast, and thank you, Chris, for being on it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Heat in my vein like vernacular. Cook up the beat with a spatula. Y'all are not ready for action. I'm smoking these rappers and feeling